So good morning. Um, in Luke, we've just heard you know, a reference as well to Isaiah. And this is the foundation of his earthly ministry. They'll be called Oaks of Righteousness to display God's glory. Oaks of Righteousness is this metaphor for living life in the way that pleases God. To love God, to love others, and to love ourselves. But we need to start by remembering who that original oak is. Our Father, God. An oak of righteousness is a sign of his splendor, his faithfulness, his love, and that all the glory belongs to him. We'll break this down, though, through the talk into four areas. First of all, starting with the context of the time of Isaiah and what was happening in Israel. Then we're going to talk about what do we mean by to display God's glory. Then the oaks of righteousness and how we can become, through God, this oak of righteousness. So let's start with the context. Isaiah wrote this about six, seven hundred years um, before Christ, hundreds of years before you know, Jesus came to us. It was a time when the people of Judah were under you know, pressure from the Babylonians, invasion from the Babylonians. People had lost homes, families, loved ones, their livelihoods. There was devastation all around them. And within them, there was great guilt. People knew that they had turned their backs on God and they were suffering as a consequence. They had no hope to change anything on their own. They were poor, they were broken, they were held captive, and in mourning, spiritually as well as physically. And we hear about this in 2 Kings, chapter 25. I can't pronounce his name very well, so apologies on that. <laughs> Nebuzaradan, commander of the Imperial Guard, an official of the King of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He set fire to the Temple of the Lord, the Royal Palace, and all the houses of Jerusalem. Every important building he burnt down. The whole Babylonian army under the commander of the Imperial Guard broke down the walls around Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, the commander of the guard, carried into exile the people who remained in the city, along with the rest of the populace and those who had deserted to the king of Babylon. But the commander left behind some of the poorest people of the land to work on the vineyards and fields. And Isaiah was sharing this prophecy that things would get better, but only if they put God at the center and ensured that God got all the glory. This is what he called becoming an oak of righteousness. But the key part of this is he was talking to the weakest, the poorest in spirit, and it shows us that anyone can become through God an oak of righteousness. And we hear this also in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Can we relate to this, though? Can we relate to it today? Even though centuries have passed since the Old Testament, what does it mean to us today? For me, I can relate to it. I feel this Babylonian force on me. I feel that there's a stigma on being open about being a Christian in our communities that I can't be true to exactly who I am, my values and my beliefs. And I feel there's a temptation to sometimes hide a part of me from the community, from the workplace, and not be fully open. 
I remember a few years ago being in many different social gatherings, really wanting to be open about my faith, but feeling that I'm going to get judged by those I'm talking about, that they have a belief that I'm going to start preaching to them, I'm going to start converting them and telling them stories, rather than actually just being open about me, Stuart, and who I am. This made me quite depressed in myself, that I was living a lie, and it made me quite jealous of those that I saw that were open. And this is a sin. This jealousy and this temptation I was having was a sin, and made me poorest of the land, like those left behind in Jerusalem at the time of Isaiah. So I started with a small step and a promise to change, to be open, and talk about my faith at any opportunity, no matter where I was. I pray each day for opportunities. I try my hardest to do the five-a-day prayer, the Lord's, day, uh, Lord's Prayer, five-a-day. Why? Because I find it tunes me in like a radio into God that allows me to see these opportunities and to connect with them. Whether this is someone asking me, how was your weekend, and me being able to talk about something I did at church or something that's happening in our community where I see God working, and it opens the conversation. And I say I draw that connection because I was and am poor, I, I sin. But even I have been given the opportunity by God to spread his word. So let's now talk about displaying God's glory. And Isaiah 61 starts with, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim this good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners. It is all about the grace of God because God chose us for this divine exchange of pure grace. What does this mean? It means that God chooses to love us. He doesn't need to, he chooses to love us. It means his grace is so amazing that he forgives us before we bend the knee to ask forgiveness because he knows what's in our heart. It means that broken people, like me and like all of us, who recognize our sins, get to receive this great news and are transformed by grace and come without any effort on our own to become an oak of righteousness. It means we're not alone. God is with us and he will do this for us. He fills us with the Holy Spirit and gives us opportunities so we cannot fail. We hear this again in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You're not on your own. God is with you. So let's now explore Oaks of Righteousness. And this is where Jesus' teaching comes in and the importance of why he refers to oaks of righteousness in Isaiah. Because God has declared us to be oaks of righteousness, holy and pleasing in his sight through Jesus the Savior. The righteousness we do not and did not have on our own, we now have given to us by God and lived out through our faith. But let's understand why oak is so important a reference point. The oak tree, it's not just any tree. It's a great symbol. 
a symbol of strength, endurance, growth, as well as in ancient times, Romans and Greeks believed the leaves from an oak carried healing properties. And remember that an oak tree starts as a tiny acorn that you can hold in the palm of your hand, and through light and water, naturally grows into something enormous that can live for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. God is this light. The Holy Spirit is this water. This allows us to grow as acorns into oaks. The acorn cannot grow into an oak on its own without the light and without the water. That's what God does and how he grows us into an oak of righteousness and gives each and every single one of us that opportunity. So I am an acorn, and God is growing me into an oak to represent his glory and help me with his faith. I remember, for those that have been going to New Wine a few years ago, in 2016 there was a, a, a sermon given by Jordan Senge that I took a lot of personal inspiration from. Because his talk was really, what was, how do you spell faith? And he said, you spell faith T-R-Y. It's how you try. It's how when you're given a gift, you try that gift. It's how you try different things. And I remember two very specific times where I really felt I was being challenged. The first was actually listening to a sermon from Turnham Green, and Prudence was talking. And she was talking about gifts from God, specifically speaking in tongues. And it quite simply inspired me to just try, to use my faith and try. Obviously, I started in private, right, because you feel a bit silly trying to do something like that. I didn't know what I was doing, but it came to me a time I was in deep in prayer. I really needed to pray but I ran out of my own words. But I knew I just needed to keep on praying. So I tried. I had no idea what I was saying. Didn't make any sense to me, but I felt God releasing something from my heart. And it allowed me to continue in prayer even when I didn't know the words. And now I find that sometimes I talk in tongues when I'm praying more because I feel maybe there are better words that I can't think of that actually is going to resonate. The second is healing. And I'm sure we've all tried healing for things, whether it's the common cold or something more significant, and seen glorious failures. But that doesn't mean we should stop. Because again, it's about trying. It's not for us or for me to understand why I see healing sometimes and why I don't. It's for me to stretch in my faith and to try. And I have seen God heal through prayers in the workplace. I've seen people that have come to me and say, directly, because of your prayers, I've been healed. So really it's about simple things. To take on that challenge of trying in simple acts and giving it a go. Now, if you're thinking, oh, this is all great, but this is not for me, you know, I'm not going to go around trying to heal people, uh, etc., like that. Let me give a bit of a story because, you know, six years ago, I, I was very introvert in my faith. I hated church. 
absolutely hated it. I had a stigma from my childhood that meant I really didn't like coming into church. Um, but we made a commitment when we moved back to the UK as a family that we'd go every week. And so it seemed only obvious when we moved back to sign up for a rotor because I wanted to get to know people. That was actually more important to me at that time than coming to church. And what I'll say is all I am today in my faith, in my life, in my family, and everything came from that first commitment, that first promise to God to start going to church, and from serving that first coffee with a smile. A simple act, a small act of kindness that God inspired me to do has grown me. And God is growing us all from acorns into oaks as a testimony to his glory. He does this by inspiring us with the simple acts to pray, to serve, to tell someone that God loves them, to give a great welcome to someone who walks into the church that's not been to this church before that inspires them to come again, to inspires them to start to become an acorn that could lead to an oak of righteousness. But also, you know, to donate, to create a prayer chapel, to give back to God what God has given to us. So I don't want you to think just about the big acts, but think about these small acts and how we can all grow. So I want to now switch with a little bit of fun to a video that inspired me to this part as well, taken from a film I know some of you may have watched, uh, Evan Almighty, which puts it better than I ever could. I just, I don't understand why you chose me. You want to change the world, son. So do I. What? Why an ark? I mean, that's like flood territory. You wouldn't do that again. You wouldn't do that. Would you do that? Let's just say that whatever I do, I do because I love you. Well, then you have to understand that this whole building and ark thing is really not part of my plans here. I need to settle into my house. I need to make a good impression at work. <laughs> what? Your plans. <laughs> What are you talking? I'm, we're talking about an ark, right? I mean, an ark? An ark is huge. I don't even know where I would begin. Well, I hear that a lot. People want to change the world, don't know how to begin. You want to know how to change the world, son? One act of random kindness at a time. Hey. Hey, what are you doing here? Just hanging out with some old friends. You knew all along, didn't you? You knew the dam was unstable. That meant for the Ark, my family, the neighbors. I fought you every step of the way. Yes, but you did it. So you had nothing to do with the flood? Like where the Ark landed exactly? I gave you a little shove at the end. Sue me. <laughs> You did good, son. You changed the world. No, no, I didn't. Well, let's see. Spending time with your family, making them very happy. Gave that dog a home. Right, so? So, how do we change the world? One act of random kindness at a time. So pray to God 
and listen for these small acts of random kindness that he is making available to you. And you can do this in God's name by showing faith, spelt try. And use the gifts of God to grow and follow in the way that Jesus taught us in this passage. Now, for the more observant, you might recognize that I have put a tree over on the far side here. And it's a very barren tree that probably represents the trees we have out in winter. But let's reflect now for inspiration from God on the small acts that he wants us to do. So I'm going to ask uh, Lauren and Jill if they can hand out. We have post-it notes in the shapes of leaves. And together, we're going to turn this oak tree back to life with leaves. And I want you to write on it acts that you feel you can do this year or this time that's going to help you to grow in your faith. And a minute we'll pray over it to see what it is. It doesn't matter how big or small. Maybe it's reading the Bible every day or, or praying more every day. Or, or It doesn't matter. It's just writing a small act that you can do to help grow in God's name. So in a minute, we'll allow you to you know, write, write down and, and pray over it to what it is that, that God is saying. And then what we'll do is when we're serving communion and you come forward for communion, bring your leaf post-it note with you. And after you've taken communion, go stick it on the, to the tree. I've put one up for an example. And so we'll turn that barren oak tree into a tree of promise for how God will grow us into an oak. And we'll put God at the center, and we will try, and we will not be afraid because God is doing this. It is not us. It is God that is growing us into an oak of righteousness. And remember what Paul the Apostle wrote in Philippians. I can do all things through him that gives me strength. And through the message of Jesus, God will grow us from acorns into oaks of righteousness. And through doing good works, we'll display God's splendor, all in the name and with the glory to God. But before we finish, and I want to finish with a prayer, um, I want to refer to a little reminder that, that Catherine Barlin gave me this morning. That I, I'd done a lot of research into this, but I'd missed the most obvious. That the symbol for Acton is the oak tree. But together, we're in, God has given us this beacon on this green. And we can turn the symbol from Acton from an oak to an oak of righteousness together and make the symbol for Acton the oak of righteousness. So let's just pray. O oh Lord God, it is your will that I be righteous because you want me to display your glory. I pray that you fill us all with your wisdom to understand what simple acts you want us to perform in your name. I pray you fill us with the Holy Spirit to enable us to perform these acts in your name. I thank you for all the acorns and the oaks that are already in your name, and I thank you for choosing to love us and to forgive us. Amen.